Jack and I used to go shopping with Auntie Rose once a week in Liscard, four miles away, the next stop on the train. But what really filled us with excitement were the trips to Plymouth. We saved for these trips. I for dinky toys, models of our planes, tanks and ships with which we played endlessly, sea battles, aerial dogfights and ground warfare. Jack for army cap badges. His collection was quite something. He must have had almost all the regiments of the British Army, over a hundred, mounted on a green baize cloth. I learnt the geography of the country gazing at those badges, with their romantic names and symbols. The Argyle and Sutherland Highlanders, the Black Watch, the Green Howards from Yorkshire, the White Horse of our own Royal West Kents, the Hunting Horn of the Duke of Cornwall's Light Infantry, the skull and crossbones of the 17th-21st Lancers, with death or glory scrolled underneath. We were in the middle of a war for our survival, and these were our saviours. That 22-mile train ride to Plymouth was glorious. The spectacular views, especially down the Loo Valley line that went beneath us like a model. And then the Saltash Bridge. Built by Isambard Kingdom Brunel, it announced. What a name. With an armed sentry at either end, it was the crossing point back into England. The sight of the warships, low, grey and stark, indescribably menacing, lying in the Tamar estuary and Devonport docks. Then Plymouth and the Hoe. The statue of Drake with his bowls, a stylish reminder of how to reduce the enemy to size. And then the pasties that tasted of potato and pepper but had never seen meat. Auntie Rose presided over these expeditions with two loaded shopping bags that we all struggled with as she led us first from queue to queue, then from shop window to shop window. One evening, we were waiting in Plymouth North Road Station for a train home that was very late. Jack had bought a miniature sheath knife in its leather sheath. Cool, it's terrific! Don't touch, it's mine. He kept taking it from the shopping bag, unclipping the press stud fastening round the handle and half withdrawing the glistening blade. Our heads bent over it as we experimented how to hand it from his belt at the side or secretly at the back like a hunter's knife. It was a formidable purchase. The date was March 20th, 1941. It was a Thursday and the first of the two nights on which the Luftwaffe wiped the centre of Plymouth from the face of the earth. Come on, boys. Put that knife away till the proper time. When you get home, you play with that. Not in here. You'll lose it. Oh, dear. What's that? Air raid sirens. But they're a long way away. All passengers in the subway, please. At once. Move along, please. All passengers in the subway at once. Come on, my dears. Come on, boys. Bring that back, Jack. I got this one. Come on. Come here, Teddy. By me. Come on. Down these steps. We'll be all right down here. Are they bombs? No, there are guns shooting the jerrys down. Bombs whistle. All right. Let's sit on this bench here. By me, boys. What are you looking for in those bags, Jack? My knife. I can't find my knife. What? My new sheath knife. It's gone. Perhaps it's in this bag. Here, let's see but Jack was gone, racing down the subway out of sight. I left it in the buffet. Oh, I left it in the buffet. Come back. Come back, boy. You can't. It's gone. Here's the knife. Auntie Rose, I've got it. It's here. 
It was in the bag. Jack, I've got the knife. Jack, Teddy, come I back. set off after Jack, ignoring Auntie Rose's agonised voice as the tumult outside grew louder. I flew between the huddled groups of people, turned a corner and stared up the slope towards platform level. No Jack. I started to run up the slope. Then... The explosion stopped me. I stood terrified and then started bawling near the bottom of the slope, afraid to move, when hands grabbed me and pulled me back round the corner. Here, boy! Come here! I got you! You can't stand out there! Let me go! My brother! My brother's up there! What? Your brother? He lost his knife! What are you talking about? Before I could say more... Oh, boy! Come here! Auntie Rose enfolded us both. You gave me heart failure, you did. Both of you! God knows what hell we had put her through in those few moments. How do you explain to their parents that your two young charges ran up into the bombing and were blown to bits looking for a sheath knife that was in your shopping bag all the time? I was going to go up, Terry. It was only you that stopped me. So was I. I affirmed, equally inaccurately. We spent the night sitting on a bench while the inferno raged above us. My principal memory after the initial knife panic, was that no matter how I shook with fright, the bench, which sat about ten people, always quaked at a different rhythm, and I couldn't get my bottom synchronised to the common tempo of terror. The next morning, March 21st, was the first day of spring. We stood among broken glass and debris on the platform, until a train took us across the miraculously unscathed Saltash Bridge. Plymouth was ablaze. Smoke hung everywhere. But the warships still lurked, apparently intact in Devonport docks and the Tamar estuary, out of the way. At each station, crowds of people met the train to ask for news, or just to stare at us. Is anything left? How many killed? Have they sunk the fleet? And when we reached Double Boys, there at the end of the platform stood Uncle Jack, looking ridiculously small and vulnerable, till he saw the three of us waving wildly from a window. His shut face burst open into a grin that threatened to tear it in two. He hurried down the platform, took her shopping bags from her, put them on the ground, and hugged Auntie Rose. Oh, Ducal, there you are. There you are. It was a rare enough event to see them touching, let alone this display. Of course I am. What do you think? People are watching. You looked after a boys to do for me? It was terrific, Uncle Jack. I was ever so scared. I'll bet you were, boy. <laughs> I was too. I thought I'd got rid of you all at last, but there's no peace for the wicked, is there? All of that day, in the sky to the east hung a pall of smoke which turned to a red glow at dusk. And then the following night, the bombers came back. Auntie Rose! Jack! Terry, are you in? What is it, Elsie? What is it? Auntie Rose! Uncle Jack, come quickly, come! The Germans are bombing Plymouth again! You can see it from the tour! What are you talking about? You can't see Plymouth from the... Quick! Come on! It's dark out there! How can you see? You can see all the flashes and searchlights and hear the bombs and... My friends are there, Auntie Rose. In Plymouth, my mum might be. Everyone. Don't worry, my love. Your mum's in Portsmouth with that sailor. Auntie Rose, Elsie, come on. Everybody's going up the tour to sea. Come on. It's exciting. 
You take your coat and cap and tell Jack to. My Jack. Both Jacks. Oh! Come on! Do you want to stop here, Elsie, with me? I don't want to miss it. Will you come too? All right, girl. Yeah, put this on. Your mum wouldn't want you to catch her death now, would she? Yeah, we'll take these coats for the boys. Come on. Soldiers. My mum's not there. Is she Auntie Rose? Of course she's not, my lovely. She's in Portsmouth with her friend. Earth crying for her mother. Her mother never gave her a minute's thought. Look at all those rockets going up! That be the Royal Navy in Devonport docks giving them what for? Come on, boys! Hey, hey, calm down, children. That's enough. Look at those fires! The old sky is red. How can anyone survive in that? Uncle Jack, is that what's happening in London to our mum and dad? No, no, not nearly so. London's enormous. Plymouth's small. It just looks worse. It's why we're all vackies. Abide with me. Fast falls the eventide The darkness deepens Lord, with me abide
most of East Cornwall and South Devon watched Plymouth burn for nearly a week. Under a pall of smoke by day, and that red glow at night, like a false dawn. The fires could not be put out. They were beyond the scope of the fire services of several cities to deal with. Then, a month later, the Germans came back, and the whole business was repeated. Auntie Rose, Auntie Rose, look! Look! I see it, boy. All that smoke. That's the third night in a row Plymouth's been bombed. Oh, they ever put it out? No, no, over there, see? There's a German plane, look! It's ever so low. Where, boy? Oh, don't be daft. Where are the swastikas? It's Red Cross, look. See the crosses on it? It's not, it's a Dornier 17, a flying pencil. I knew from my dinky toys. The plane was barely above us, following the line of the railway. They're German crosses, see? It's turning towards us. If they were Germans, they'd shoot us. Oh, you could see one of them play. There, he's looking straight at us. He's the gunner. Look, one engine's not working. He's waving back. Wave, boy. Wave to him. Woo! I think he's going to crash. They were Germans. They'd shoot us. Now, the other one stopped. Look, it's coming down in the valley. God. Do you think they were Germans? Of course they were. It was a light bomber. Why didn't they parachute? I think they were too low. Those poor boys. I saw them. Young like my Gwyn. Why didn't they shoot at us if they were Germans? I think he must have been a Saxon. One of Uncle Jack's friends. None of the German airmen survived the crash. The kids danced with glee in the village street, but I never stopped wondering about the waving gunner who had decided not to shoot a middle-aged woman and a little boy when they were sitting ducks. In Cornish, if you wanted to know where something was, you asked where it was to. Unlike many of the Vackies, who gradually embraced a new way of talking, I consciously resisted the Cornish accent, perhaps through loyalty to my home, or perhaps because I was with a Welsh couple. Though when I returned to London, aged 11, I walked into Dad's office one day, and, finding it empty, turned to those in the outer office and said, Where's Dad too? It gave great pleasure to everyone. One expression I remember well was the use of the word directly, always pronounced directly. Hers come in directly. Us'll do that directly. Meant anything from five minutes to eternity. It was, and is, the Cornish equivalent of manana. Have you heard, Mrs. Treatherway? They've got some oranges coming into the village shop directly. Oranges? Is them on points or not? One orange per ration book, Mrs. Pengelly said. I'm going to get mine right now. 
Please, ladies, form an orderly queue. One orange per ration book. Sorry, that's all we got. I fancied a nicely joint of am, or maybe a leg of young spring lamb, but all they got here are those teens of spam. There's a war on. My pipes and rivets, and they said I must comply. There's a war on, that's why. What about the dandy? Any gobstoppers? Any sweets at all? No, no, no. Us don't have naught. Oh, yeah. There's a war on. No gobstoppers here for us to 